This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Monica, are you feeling super? Super tired. Not super strong, super fast, super manly? Who do you think I am, Superman? <laughs> well, I guess you could be Supergirl. Oh, no, she has that horrible, like, outfit. No, that's okay. <laughs> You'd rather be Superman? <laughs> I'll be super intrepid reporter Lois Lane. Oh, if you want to demean yourself like that, sure. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, she gets to kiss him. That's what counts, right? Zack Snyder? Oh, this is episode number 54 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Man of Steel. If you're new to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio, focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long, spoiler-free review of the movie. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. The second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've already seen the film and you would appreciate that type of conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to part two. This week we're going to be talking about Man of Steel. Monica, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a little information about the movie. It was directed by Zack Snyder. Before the planet Krypton explodes, Joro, played by Russell Crowe, manages to help his newborn son, Kal-El, played by Henry Cavill, escape to Earth. Kal-El grows up with superpowers and struggles with whether or not to reveal himself to the world. But when his father's murderer, General Saad, played by Michael Shannon, shows up looking to transform Earth into new Krypton, Kal-El discovers he might not have a choice but to become Superman and save the planet. Is that a plane? No, it's Superman! Yes, Man of Steel, in case you didn't already know, is a Superman movie. But before we talk about it, here's a clip. You let them handcuff you? Wouldn't be much for surrender if I resisted. And if it makes them feel more secure. Yeah. What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it's an S. How about... Sir? All right, this is part one of our episode on Man of Steel, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some brief, spoiler-free thoughts on the movie. I'm starting the clock now. Monica, are you a Superman fan? What did you think of the last Superman movie, Superman Returns? And do you think that this is an effective reboot of the series? Didn't care for the last Superman. Superman, for the most part, and I have not really clicked Except for the whole fact that he's kind of become a symbol for the immigration reform movement or so, and that some people like to tease 
hardline GOPers that they would be the kind of person to deport Superman because he didn't enter the country legally. So other than that, <laughs> I guess I haven't really found an interest in Superman. Unfortunately, I have to say that this movie didn't foster that interest either. First of all, Monica, Superman couldn't have entered the country legally, even if he wanted to. He was sort of trapped in his little space pod. He couldn't control where it went, okay? He couldn't wait to fill out all the paperwork. I think he is a perfect example of what we call dreamers. They were brought to this country when they were too young to apply for papers. So what do we do then when we have them? So apparently he was able to get into the system and have education and a loving family. Well, you mentioned you weren't a big fan of the last Superman movie, Superman Returns. It was silly. I wasn't a huge fan the first time I saw it, but I recently went back and rewatched all five Superman movies, and I gotta tell you, I actually really, really enjoyed Superman Returns. In the context of the other films, I was following some of your tweets on this, and apparently the first couple ones were very, very campy. The first four are entirely campy, and three and four in particular are just comedies, basically, which is why most people hate them. But Superman Returns, I thought, did a good job of capturing the spirit of the first two movies and, and just had some really nice themes that it was dealing with regarding Superman and his desire to sort of recapture his home and, and that idea of Krypton and what it means to him. I, I think it's probably the best Superman film, but I was curious to see what Zack Snyder could do with it. And I got to tell you, Monica, I was not impressed either. Yeah, I almost feel like it's utterly forgettable. Oh, I feel like it's more than forgettable. Is it insulting? Because I found the end insulting. I was insulted throughout the entire movie. I gotta be, I gotta be honest, Monica. You know, I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan. I think all of his movies are flawed in one way or another. But mm -hmm. I had sort of forgotten that he had directed it, really, by the time it came out. I, I was just, I, I, I was sort of ignoring the fact that he had directed it and was kind of thinking, you know what? It, this could be a good Superman movie. I mean, there's no way it could be as bad as Superman 3 and Superman 4, right? And from the very first scene of this movie on Krypton, just nothing about this movie really sat right with me. I spent most of the movie just stewing in a funk because it was just making me angry. It was like, if you're not even going to get the story right or hit some emotional beats, at least shoot it well. And even the cinematography, I thought, was really distracting. Oh, the cinematography was ass ugly. I'm going to say that it was like desaturated. It looked miserable. And then when the action sequences would happen, shaky cam everywhere. And then I like lovely fake zoom all the time. Like every single actual zoom, every single action scene had that. Monica, I've heard you complain about the fake digital zooms before. And sometimes yes. they do work for me. But you're right, as soon as they happen in this movie, they just were so obnoxious. And they do it multiple times! It doesn't give you a break. It's supposed to add something, like, it's supposed to refocus you to look at something else, and it really just, it distracts. Right, and, and the camera was always shaking, even when it really didn't need, need to be. Like, even just during simple dialogue scenes, the camera would be shaking, and I would just be like, hold the camera still, put it on a tripod, let me concentrate on what's being said. Here, here. Let me try to form an emotional connection with someone in this movie, but I, I, I was not connected at all to anyone 
in this film. No, I really couldn't care less about many people in this film. Superman just seemed shallow. And I didn't feel like they didn't explore his psyche. This was supposed to be the darker Superman or so. It was supposed to be the Nolan version of Superman. And it just... It didn't feel like it added anything new to that conversation. Lois Lane is in and out for me. Sometimes I love her. Sometimes I'm like, why did she say that? Other characters are just so out in the orb. They just filter in and out whenever they're needed, and then that's it. Well, it's interesting because I remember back when the first trailers came out. I I avoided most of the trailers, but I did see that first teaser trailer. And I remember people were saying that it reminded them of Terrence Malick. And it gave them this kind of weird, abstract, tree of life type vibe. Well, that's (laughs) something. (laughs) I feel like Zack Snyder watched Tree of Life and was like, oh, it's told non-linearly. That's why it's so arty and so mature, and that's why critics love it. I'll I'll just tell my Superman story non-linearly, and that'll make it better. And no, it completely ruins everything. It doesn't allow you, or at least it didn't allow me, to connect emotionally with Superman or to understand where he was coming from at all. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Psychologically speaking, I had no idea what to make of him at all throughout the entire film. Yeah, like it's pretty bad when you. I can't really feel sorry for him. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It's just it didn't win me over. And I will say, I thought the performances were okay. They thought Amy Adams. She's completely wasted, but she does a good job. Yeah, but she holds her own. I think uh, Henry Cavill, who played the Superman, I felt he was so restrained. Other than a few outbursts of emotion, which almost felt odd. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get to that in the in the spoilers, but I just I didn't feel like it did anything for me. And story-wise, it just went beat by beat per beat. They knew where they had to do, they had to connect the dots, but even then some of the logic that would have to go into connecting the dots didn't make sense. Yeah, the transitions were terrible. It I just felt bored. Except for some of the things that were said that ended up being unintentionally funny. At one point Amy Adams said sort of like a double entendre and I took a friend to go see this and she and I looked at each other like oh no (laughs) (laughs) it's funny you say that because I actually thought there was there was like no comedy to be found in the movie hardly at all it is so incredibly serious it was comedy in the inadvertent you know, funny things that would pop out of people's mouths. It has to go all the way in. Oh, yes, it does. (laughs) That was the line. (laughs) Yeah, it takes itself so seriously. At least the other Superman movies, even the bad Superman movies, were fun. This one is not fun at all. And Henry Cavill, I, I agree with you. I think he's a talented actor. He could make a great Superman, but I didn't get an opportunity to know the character Mm -hmm. on screen as a result of the script. You know, he doesn't really have much to do except look frustrated and punch things most of the time. And it just, it doesn't really give you an opportunity to get to know him. So I, I I mean, if, if you're comparing him to other people who have played Superman, there's no question that Christopher Reeve and Brandon Ruth, in my opinion, are, are, better at Superman than he, than he. Well, without a doubt. But that could just be because of the script and the fact that the script really didn't allow him to, to show his stuff very much. But it's been around 10 minutes, so we should probably wrap up and then talk spoilers because there is a lot of stuff that we could dive into regarding this movie. Is this the Melba Toast version of Superman where it is tough, it's unappealing, and <laughs> bland? It was just, it's Melba Toast. 
it's there. You can use it with other things, but otherwise by itself, it's kind of, un- it's not what you'd first pick to, to go for. Let me put it this way, Monica. I think your, you, your movie is problematic if I spend most of its runtime debating in my head, okay, is this better or worse than a good day to die hard? Hmm, which, which one made me angrier? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have fun in the part two, aren't we? Yeah, we got a special guest. I'm sure we're going to have a great discussion. Um, I will say it is not as bad as A Good Day to Die Hard, but it's close, <laughs> in my opinion. If you go over to the 2013 Movie Rankings Project on Film Geek Radio, I've ranked, I think, around 100 movies I've seen this year from best to worst, and Man of Steel is somewhere in the 90s. So it is in the bottom 10% of movies I have seen this year. I just saw that uh, David Carr of the New York Times also hated this, so we, we are not alone. <laughs> oh, man, I, I just I hated every minute of this movie. Uh, that'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on Man of Steel here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune in to part two for a much more in-depth look at the film. And don't forget to tune in next week when we will be discussing either World War Z or Monsters University. We would love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes, so if you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the program. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place and Let's Get Real. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on Twitter and Tumblr at mcastimovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my work reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at bofca.com. You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com and moviemezzanine.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week in Ion Cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.